0: Dave, are we on?
1: Hello. I'd
0: probably enjoy it more if mine was off. <laughs> if it cuts off in, be- yeah, in the middle of the Then i you no, know, know I'm doing fine. Good to have you with us this evening. If you're new to our family here, this is something that we do uh, a few times a year where we give you an opportunity to hear from one of our elders. Uh, the intent of all this is to take a subject and let one of our elders kind of expand on it, but also for you to get an opportunity to, to hear the heart of our elders. You know, the staff here gets an opportunity to work with these men on a regular basis, and it's such a blessing for us. And uh, we want it to be a blessing for you to get to know your elders better and also to get to hear from them as far as their perspective on on certain issues or topics. Before we get started on the topic tonight, though, you told me something this morning before we started. We had a record attendance in class, right? Yeah, we had a a record number that looked real good. And it was how many? Uh, 426, is that right? I thought it was. Okay. Something. It's pretty good. Pretty well, we high. didn't have the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, so that's three more. Yeah, that's right? three more. That's a preacher's count there. Uh, we also had, what, 619 in worship? Yes, yeah, so.
1: 619 at worship, so we were doing outstanding.
0: Awesome. So, thank you for being here tonight. The uh, subject is service, and uh, this is Robert Harper. Robert, why don't you tell the congregation a little bit about yourself for the people who don't know. Okay, well, let's see. I grew up pretty much here in Abilene. Uh, went to Wiley High School.
1: Uh, met my wife at Wiley. Went to ACU. From ACU, I went to Texas Tech. I have four girls, uh, Brenna, Heather, Madeline, and Paige. And uh, they dressed me this evening. So <laughs> that took a while.
0: Explains a lot.
1: Yeah, yep. that explains a lot. <laughs> but I came here, and I notice I look a lot like James's dress, so I must look good. Yeah. Right. All right. <laughs> And so, I'm expecting to be
0: a, a grandfather pretty, pretty close in November. Yes, Ms. Brent is here. Yep. Yes, that's exciting. So congratulations on that. It's going to be a boy. It's going to be a boy, you yep. think? Okay. <laughs> Pray for that. Huh? <laughs> so we're, we're talking about service tonight. Uh-huh. And so why don't, why don't you start by telling us from an elder's perspective what service really is and maybe what you do in the way of service as a shepherd. I like to look at service,
1: uh, kind of the old colloquial, you know, with a smile. Okay. If you're not excited about what you're doing, then it doesn't come across as being service. Right. And as the eldership, we just try to make sure that there's opportunities out there for people to serve, mm-hmm. that we're tapping people that want to serve and, and make sure that we get them plugged in. Uh, because a lot of times people don't know that their own hidden talents can be brought out within them. They don't even know they have it. And we plug them in somewhere, and we go, wow, they're really good at that. And, and they might not even know they were really good at it. Yeah. And you don't know if you can do it unless you try. You know, stretch it a little bit. See if you can try. Right. Be a yes man. You know, When someone comes and asks you to do something, try to agree to do it. And uh, for the people of the congregation, when you see young men up here, for example, leading a song or a prayer, come up and compliment them. That goes so far. I mean, they're nervous. And this might be the first time they've been asked to serve. And sure. it goes a long way when they get a pat on the back. So be willing to
0: stretch yourself somewhat, is what I hear you saying, and and maybe not doing only things you're comfortable doing, but maybe... Yeah, you've got to live outside your
1: comfort zone if you're going to be a great servant, because, you know, no one wants to step out and and do things they're not comfortable doing, but if you do that, you grow, and you become a better individual, and and, and you become someone that, you know, that everybody can look at. That's a servant. That's what I want to be, and that's what we all want to be.
0: You know, it's interesting you bring that up. We were Robert O'Dell and I were coming back from Red River, New Mexico last year, and we stopped in post on Wednesday night to go to church. And we came in, and they said, well, we don't really, all we do on Wednesday night is we sing. We gather around singing. sing. There's only about 25 people there. And Robert so, didn't sing, did he? Well, that's what I'm getting at. Oh, man. So they, they go around the circle there and ask him well, what our favorite song is, and then they say, why don't you lead it? Well, I knew what was going to happen. And it came to Robert, and they said, uh, what's your favorite song? And so he picked one, and they said, and why don't you lead it? And I just laughed because I knew that wasn't happening. Yeah. And he led it, and he, he did a really good job. And afterwards, at the wow. end, we all circled up, and they had a prayer. And I said, guys, I want y'all to know, in post Texas, y'all got Robert O'Dell to do something he's never done before, and he stretched mm. himself and did a fantastic job. Well,
1: maybe so. we can invite him up here right now. So long now. story
0: short, is we're going to put him on the song leading <laughs> list. Yeah, <laughs> he's shaking his head.
1: <laughs> I've known Robert since Wiley, so yeah, he's <laughs> so, been a long time.
0: How do you? I mean, we're a volunteer organization. The church is Absolutely. a volunteer organization. How do you get people to serve in a volunteer organization? I think they like
1: to see from example for one thing. Okay. Uh, they, they have to know that the elderships, the deacons, the, the leaders of this congregation. They, they enjoy serving, and they look forward to serving. Yep. And it's, it's not a task. It's kind of like when you're a child and you're asked to go clean your room. Well, if you're kicking your, you know, the ground and dragging your feet, it's not really getting the service out there. I mean, you have to have a good attitude. And if they see that and they see that other people are, are, are having a good time doing the service, they, I want, they want to be a part of it. Everybody wants to be a part of something that's fun to do.
0: Right. And if it looks fun, they're going to want to come on board and do that. Right. You know, we kind of have that mentality here at Oldham Lane. We started that way, you know, back in the mid-'90s, you know, a church plant that mentality still kind of carries on here. I've heard one of our elders, Clay Peterson, often says every program needs a hero or, or every program needs a champion, I think is how he puts it, mm-hmm. you know. So a lot of people have ideas about what to do and how we can do it better, and I think I've heard you guys say on several occasions, well then, lead it, you know. let's. Uh, if, if we can find
1: a way to plug in an idea that you have and you want to go forward with it, and, and we always try to Encourage you to do that and just run with the ball.
0: We just don't need more ideas than we do workers, right? Yeah,
1: if yeah. you have a good idea, be prepared to, you know, <laughs> implement that idea. You know, go forward with it. We'll get you the, the support you need and whatever it is that you need and whatever educational materials that requires it or funding, whatever it is, but we try to always say, go forward, you know, make disciples of the world.
0: And what is the end goal with service? I mean there's there's an end game here. It's not just to plug people in, obviously, oh. although that's part of it. You know, uh, I was interviewing for a job one time many years ago before I came to Oldham Lane, and the first question out of the box was, What do you think about the Ministerial Alliance? And if you don't know, a Ministerial Alliance is a lot of smaller towns. They have all the churches work together for benevolence, they have services together, and all those kind of things. And I said, Well, I, I wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable being a part of the Ministerial Alliance. And he said, uh, Well, are you one of those that believes you can only do good if it's attached to the Church of Christ's name? And I said, Well, no, but I said, correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the goal or the object of benevolence is to reach them with the gospel. Would you say that's really the end game when it comes to right. our service?
1: I think it's two-process. Glorify God. Whatever you do, you're all right as long as you're doing that. And make disciples. If you can make disciples and glorify God, then you're, you're doing a good job in service. I mean, on the Day of Judgment, you know, we all want to be able to say that we were good and faithful servants. Uh-huh. So, and we want to, you know, kind of like in Matthew, the book of Matthew, you don't, we want to be the, the lambs, not the goats. You right. know, we want to be, well, you, you fed me, you clothed me, you gave me shelter, right. you came and visited me, come on in. We don't want to be turned away. So,
0: Yeah, that's interesting. You hit on something there that uh, when I read through the New Testament, I, I, I see how often servant, uh, servanthood, service is tied to salvation. Matthew 25 is one good uh, case of that. You know, it, it, would you say that that's true, that you know, our, our salvation is, is many times contingent upon what we do? You think about the rich man and Lazarus. You know, and you can think of many examples how our salvation is tied to service.
1: I think it, 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 it's a natural response. If you, if you love the Lord and you're a Christian, you want to serve. Right. And you're looking for an avenue to do that. It should right. just be secondhand nature to do it. And it's a it's a great benefit, and, and we grow by our servitude.
0: So kind of like worship, it's, an, it's a natural yeah, you reaction. You want to be here. It's a reflex. Yeah, you're yeah.
1: comfortable with these people. These are family, and, and you want to be glorifying God with all of them and serving God with all of them.
0: Right. right. So. so what about your children? You have four girls. Don't remind me. <laughs> and they are mostly grown now. Paige still in high school, but, uh, you know, What did you and Stephanie do in order to teach your children, and what can we do as parents to teach our children about service?
1: I think it goes to uh, just being an example for them. Uh, You know, when you're newlywed, sometimes you're, you're just now finding your comfort zone with one another, and then you add children into the equation, and you've got to expand. Now I'm responsible for someone else. And uh, we tried to get plugged into the children's ministries as much as we could and be here as often as the church doors were open. And if they see that you're willing to serve, it, it's, it's kind of like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian. I need to be able to serve as well. You know, Dad did whatever it's, you know, Pew Packers or VBS or Bible Bowl or whatever it is, and, and they see that we enjoy working with other kids that they know that, you know, that's kind of part of being what Christ wants us to be called upon, and that's serving.
0: Sure. Now... Some people may not know you serve our community and have for quite some time as a judge. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you see your role as a judge as a ministry? I mean, as, as serving and glorifying God. Um, what are some things you take into that role that you can use?
1: I try to just act the way I would act no matter what role I'm in, whether I'm serving as an elder, whether I'm serving as a judge, whether I'm serving as a father or a husband. I need to have the attitude that we all sin and we fall short of the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's accountability just like there is in our lives and mm-hmm. our afterlife. But we have to understand that we can grow sometimes not only by the things that we do that are positive, but sometimes by the things we do that are negative. Yeah. It's all our, the attitude that we want to take and how we're going to get it applied. Uh, I think that you always have to have people that are out there that that are looking for help and... and for them to find the help, they have to want the help. Right. And if they want the help, then being a servant is a great way to accomplish making yourself a better person.
0: So again, the benevolence with, a, with a, an end game being that you're trying to reach them with, the, with Christ. We try. Trying to show Christ sure. to them. Yeah. I noticed your parents are here tonight. What did they teach you about service? They are here. Okay. I know them pretty well. I know that they taught you well. But what, what <laughs> kind of things did they do in order to teach you well, they did a
1: lot of whooping. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, the same thing. Uh, my parents, you know, when the church doors were open, uh, we were open. Wherever we went, even when we moved around, we would find a church. That would be almost, you know, find a house, then find a church. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my father, for example, has always been a sounding board for me. Uh, when I have questions, he's he served as an elder before as well. And, you know, that, that's a great source to lean upon, and my mother has great wisdom, and she helps me, and, you know, my whole family, you know, that's, that's a support, that's a support group I go to, and uh, my wife, you know, if it wasn't for her, I don't know where I'd be today, but she, she directs me, sometimes you get frustrated when you're serving, and, and people aren't taking advantage of what you're offering, and they're not getting out what you're hoping they're getting into, and maybe they're even starting to complain about it, Yeah. but, uh, you know, my wife helps me, plug me back in, and say, you know, go forward, do what, you, do the right thing, and, As long as you're doing the right thing and doing it with the right heart, then hopefully everybody else will come around and find the same
0: spirit too. Yeah, you mentioned that a moment ago, and you kind of hit on it again. Our attitude affects our service. Mm -hmm. It's not an obligation or a duty as much as it is a heart thing. Talk a little bit about the attitude that we should have when we serve.
1: You should have the attitude that you enjoy it, Mm -hmm. and you enjoy it so much you want to share it. And not only do you want to share it, but you want them to be servants too, mm-hmm. teaching them to be servants. You know, when you ask somebody to do something, don't just give them the material and then throw them to the wolves. Go and listen to them. Compliment them. Give them that affirmative pat on the back. That gives so much encouragement. And, you know, we, human nature being what it is, that's, we need that. Right. And, you know, if, if someone gets up and it's the first time to do their prayer, and perhaps they didn't end it properly, or perhaps they didn't include things that they should have included. If someone comes up to them, so well, you forgot to do this, or you didn't do that, that might be the last time that person does that right. prayer. You know, we have to understand there's a learning curve. So. Yeah,
0: that can kind of do a man. We had a young man at the church in Batesville when I was a youth minister that thanked God for the cracker when he did the, uh, mm-hmm. when he did the prayer for mm-hmm. communion. And he was so terrified afterwards what some people would say. And there was an elder waiting on him in the back. And when he got back there, that elder put his arm around him and said, thank you for calling it what it is. You know, I mean, and just encouraged him and and instead of lamb blasting him. And I think that's important, having encouragement. Because most of you here know this, but service can be very discouraging. Um, You know, you want the, the optimum results and you don't always get them. Especially, you know, we talk about that in our elders' meetings and staff meetings, how difficult service can be because you're wanting so badly for it to turn out well for that person or for it to have the desired result, and many times it doesn't. How do, how do we cope with that? How, how can you, we get over that? You can't
1: be afraid of failure. I mean, life is part of failure, and you have to learn from those mistakes, but you just take what you've learned and apply it to another aspect. I mean, we don't all have the same talents, right? Uh, James is a better guy up front than I am a guy up front. I'm a better, think, probably a puppet than James is a puppet. And you know, He's a better pharmacist than I am. <laughs> we all have different talents. People speak better. We have some outstanding speakers here. And it doesn't have to be in, this, in something that's in more viewable, the right. servant. It could be something behind. You know, We need to pay attention to who's putting the cards in the pews sometimes and thank them or who's you know, getting the communion ready. It doesn't just happen by itself. Someone's doing that. Someone's taking time out to do that. And we need to make sure that we tell them thank you. That's that's their talent. As long as we use what God has
0: blessed us with, we're, we're being a good servant. Yeah, I kind of refer to it as secret service. You know, those, those servants that you don't always see out in front, but they're just as valuable because, you know, things have to get done. And whether it's visible or not visible, it has to get done. And, you know, it seems like everybody wants to know who's responsible when it doesn't get done. We kind right. of take for granted that, that it is getting done, and so there are no small jobs. Yeah, Uh, if
1: we didn't have the communion set up on Sunday, we would all notice that. Yes. But we have it set up, and we need to ask who's doing that.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to continue here, but we've got Zinni with a microphone. And so if you have questions, please ask away. He's going to bring the microphone to you so we can hear in this big space. Does anybody have any questions for Robert? Not for me. I don't want to answer any questions, but... We'll defer all questions to you, right?
1: How, th- th- how do you get used to this thing? I mean <laughs> on your ear. You don't like that, huh? It's, it's a little different. Then if no one volunteers, once you have a question.
0: <laughs> how old are you? <laughs> what? <laughs> what he, he asked how old you were. Fifty. <laughs> <laughs> There's Bob. Ask away. How do you
1: deal with husbands and wives that don't have the right attitude or have the right way of looking at things? What scriptures do you recommend to them to put them on the right path? I think as a husband and wife, you always want to be looking at how do I help my spouse get to heaven? And if you're looking at it in regards to how am I getting him to heaven, you've always got a servant attitude. I know that I get encouragement from my wife, and she gets hopefully encouragement from me. Probably I, it's a one-way street more than it is mm-hmm. the other way, but uh, it's important that we understand that even as husband and wives, we have different talents, and we have different faults, and we need to learn to appreciate the talents and lean upon those strengths
0: and understand the faults. Yeah, I've often said, you know, the question that we all need to ask ourselves in our marriage is, am I glorifying God in my marriage? It really comes down to that. Am I glorifying God in my marriage? So we take inventory, we take assessment, and we look at it, and, and hopefully come to an honest uh, assessment of what we are doing right, what we're doing wrong, those kind of things, and, uh, and go from there. You know, it used to discourage me a lot when families would come in, or husband and wife would come in, and, and I couldn't help them. You know, uh, it really used to bother me. You know, but I realized they're coming to me most times as a last resort. I'm not going to put that back together after years and years of, you know, dysfunction. And so we take it slow. We we do our best to, you know, you're not going to cure it overnight. And so we try to, you know, kind of get back on the right path and, you know, invest in it for the long haul because it's not something that's a quick fix, you know. Anyone else? James has one. Did he just stay back there? We can hear him. Yeah, I was going to ask that too. Thank you. Um, we have a lot of younger elders in our group, as far as elders go. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, the do you remember the February? I got hired here in January of 2008. Yeah. Right. I came down February to talk about the contract and stuff, and they mm-hmm. said, well. We're going to take you to the church because we're having a surprise birthday party for two of our guys, Rob Fortner and Robert Harper.
1: It was really about me, not
0: Rob. 40th uh, 40th birthday surprise party. So that's been 10 years ago. But so younger elders, uh, most of you are still working. Yes. So how do you balance all of that in in service and and what you do while you're still carrying on a career and still kind of raising a family?
1: Uh, I think it comes to just prioritizing. Uh, Yes, work's important, family's important, but if if God is the focal point, everything else kind of falls in place. I mean, I I find if I'm serving God, I'm a better judge, I'm a better husband, I'm a better father. So, really, that's the top one, and the rest I worry about more than I worry about doing the eldership, because I I enjoy it. Yeah. I just...
0: You just kind of get God right, you get everything right. You get
1: God right, you get everything right. It just fits into place. A
0: trickle down. Anyone else? Well, let's wrap this up this way. Um, in talking about service from, a, from an elder's perspective or from a shepherd's perspective, what is like the one takeaway you'd like everybody to have tonight when they walk away from here? What's the one thing that you would hope that they would get from a message on service? I mean, that elder, talking to him straight, what advice would you give about service or servanthood?
1: I would challenge them to find something that they can do mm-hmm. in the church. They're going to find that it might be a service to an individual, but they're going to get so much back. It's kind of like teaching. When you prepare to teach a class, you learn more than you're actually teaching. And when you're doing servant with the right attitude, you're getting more back
0: than you're actually giving. Right. Right. Good point. And and I would also add to that. That's great. I would also add to that. I mean, look at things that. Look for holes in the church. Where are places where we need somebody? And you might think, well, I'm not good at that. Who cares? You know, um, I remember I was talking about uh, elders recently at a, at a church seminar. And one of the things that I said is some people say, well, I don't want to be an elder because I don't desire the office. So what? I mean, there's a lot of people in Scripture that didn't desire the office of whatever it is God called them to do. And they, God didn't let them off the hook. Sometimes you're the one that's qualified and the one that needs to do it, whether you want to or not, and so look for the holes in the congregation where there's service that's needed, and maybe you're not the best at that, but we need you we'll find
1: some place to plug you yes, in. yes we will
0: we'll plug that hole with somebody yeah thank you for listening tonight. Thank uh, you. you know obviously our elders are always accessible, so you can you know get with them and ask them any questions or you know one of the staff members um, you know if you're here tonight and and perhaps um, you need the prayers of this church family, or maybe you've been contemplating your, your daily walk with God, or um, and, and you'd like to uh, you know, maybe study the Bible, or perhaps you've studied the Bible and you're ready to put on Christ in baptism and begin that, that faith walk, uh, whatever your need is tonight, we want to end with an invitation. Dave's going to lead us in a song, and so if we can help you in some way, uh, we're here. Let us help you. Uh, just come as we stand and as we sing.